Why would some of the biggest names in tech be turning to someone who's never been a CIO and never even worked in IT as an IT strategist? And could the answer to that question provide a clue to the skills and outlook that IT leaders will need in the near future? I'm Charles Araujo, and this is the Transform IT Show, presented by the Intel IT Center. A little while ago, I sat down with Brian Vilmuir, principal of a firm called InAvantage. He writes and speaks on the subject of digital marketing, customer service, and increasingly on the future of IT. And some very big names are paying attention to what he has to say. But even more instructive than what he's saying, although that's important, it may be why people are paying attention that is a lesson for us. If you're watching this episode at airtime, don't forget to participate in our live Twitter chat. Use hashtag ITChat to join in. And if you're not, make sure you tune in live next time to participate in the conversation. Okay, let's get to it with a visit with the non-IT IT strategist. I'm here with Brian Vilmuir, Principal and Digital Innovation Leader with InAvantage. Brian, welcome to the Transform IT Show. Thanks so much for having me, Charles. So I want to start with your career journey in that it's a little bit unusual, I think, in that you were never a CIO, you never worked in IT, and yet, at least in my opinion, a lot of important people, companies, some of the most well-known technology companies in the world, in fact, are actually turning to you as at least what I consider an IT strategist. And so tell us a little bit about your background, what's led you here, and why you think maybe some of these companies are starting to look at you in this way. I have never worn the hat of CIO, but uh, most of my career has basically straddled business and IT. I started in the world of ERP consulting, and so I uh, got to learn a ton about what was happening in the IT world and how information was coming together, and at the same time had a rapid learning curve to understand how all of the different departments in an organization came together. And so for me, as a young guy, learning about business and IT at the same time, it, it catapulted me into a deeper understanding of how all of these things inter intersect um, and things aren't narrowed to just functional silos or IT silos. Everything is interconnected. So I think the way that I framed my career early on, um, it taught me a lot about how data, IT, and business intersects. So do you consider yourself an IT strategist? I don't know that I would consider myself an IT strategist. Um, certainly I understand enough, and I think what I've done throughout my career is I've, I've been able to connect the dots between what's happening in IT and what IT is trying to achieve and what you know business leaders are trying to achieve, whether that be sales, marketing, customer service. So what I find you. fascinating about that, yeah. though, is that while you may not, yeah. clearly, and I've read some of your work and I've seen the people that have hired you, and yeah. you know our viewers can go look that up, that up on their own, but these are big, big names that are asking you to write pieces very specifically about the future of IT, which is someone who comes from IT and is writing about the future of IT. I kind of take offense to that. I mean, so why, <laughs> Sorry, why I'm on your they, turf. I'm, I apologize. Why are they coming to you? I mean, what do you think it, it is about your background and your approach to things that's causing them to come to you? Because I think it's actually very telling for people in IT about what the future may hold. Once upon a time, I, uh, I played football at the collegiate level and was seriously considering going into coaching. And I, I had some coaches that had um, coached at the professional level, big division one schools, and I asked them, hey, where should I go from a career perspective? 
would you recommend that I go coach at like in the ACC or the SEC or, or Pac-10 or what have you? And their recommendation to me was go spend time at a small school. Um, because when you go to a small school, you'll actually understand how things really work. If you go to a big school, um, you'll just get a very, very narrow slice of, of what's happening. So go somewhere where you can add a lot of value. So for me, if you transition that into the, into the business world, um, I've been able to work in the back office, in the front office, look at technology. And so I have this macro view and I understand how things are being connected. Why people are coming to me, I, I find that actually very, very interesting, and I backed into it. Um, in 2007, um, I had joined Twitter. I didn't really understand what was happening. I went to visit a friend from high school who was working at a startup in Sunset Boulevard, and he had this thing um, on, his, on his screen, and it was just sort of the streaming, what we now know as an activity feed. Mm. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, you know how when you're, uh, when you're in high school and you're just listening to the radio, the baseball game during your homework, it's just kind of ambient noise. It tells you what's going on. And I said, yeah, he's like, that's sort of what this is for our company. That ended up being the early, early days of Yammer. Um, and it was at that moment where something clicked inside of me. And it took me seeing an early version of Yammer to understand the future of what Twitter might be. Right. And I really was just curious. Um, because as I began connecting the dots, I began to think, hmm, knowing what I know about how business works and how the internet works and how IT works, like this is actually going to transform our world pretty dramatically. So since then, for the last six or seven years, I've actually just been trying to explore and learn as much as I can, been speaking and writing, and out of that, um, something I'm saying is having, it's resonating with somebody to the point where they're saying, hey, we'd like to, we'd like to learn more and we'd like to collaborate with you on this. And I think it is that, that intersection, and, and I think probably more than anything, you're tapping into this evolution of business, which yeah. I know you're writing a bit about now. So we'll get to that in a second, but be, before we go there, your background up to this point or really what kind of the, the journey that led you here was all in the sales and marketing space. Yeah. And one of the things in my book is I talk about the need for IT professionals to start understanding these skills, to yeah. become better marketers, yeah. to become better communicators. Yeah. So I'm curious how you see that playing out yeah. and what advice you might have to folks about how they can take some of those skills and bring them into the world of IT. Yeah, we're in a fascinating time. And I think we're coming from a construct where um, People, divisions, organizations have very clearly defined roles, and I think that's morphing pretty dramatically as we change. So um, something that came to mind while you were saying that is in the early days of ACT software, right, one of the first pioneering contact was, management software. a huge software, hack. Huge ACT user, yeah. right? It was actually called Yes when it started, before it actually really, ran to market. Yeah, and it st that stood for Yes, Everybody Sells. Um, because, to your point, I think everybody has some level of salesmanship in their role. Right, in order to, to have some level of influence, contribute some value, you've got to have the basic principles of sales. And if we were to simplify this down, and hopefully I'm not pissing off too many salespeople, but it's actually really a, about understanding what the person across from you is actually trying to accomplish and then constructing something of value back to them. So if you think about it in those terms, absolutely, IT needs to do that. And, and I think there is a strong argument, I agree with you, that more, more now so than ever, IT needs to learn how to understand what's happening in the world out there, understand the capabilities of the organization, and then construct the value proposition um, and present it in a way that, that business leaders understand. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I do think. I think it's a really a, a, a talent, a skill that we diminish in IT. We kind mm. of, and, and I think because there's so much selling that goes on from 
the outside of IT right. into it. Right. We kind of have this almost disdain for it, and yet it's it's a shame because Without a doubt. It, it is this definite skill. So I want to shift gears a little bit. Where when when I asked if you would be willing to be interviewed, you said your one request was that we did it with kind of an ocean setting, and yep. so here we are at a at a yacht club yep. with this beautiful harbor. Um, but so tell us tell us why. What what is the connection with the ocean? And because I know that there's some reason that it connects to your view of where business is going. Well, I just really wanted to brag to all of our friends across the world, <laughs> across right. the country. They're sitting in snow right now, and we're sitting here in 85 degree weather in Newport Beach. That exactly. Was, that's the real answer. Um, if I were to, however, draw an analogy, you know, I, I live in um, Laguna Beach, or you live in a coastal community here, we're here, so we're around the ocean. Um, and I think, when I begin to think about how that relates to business, um, the swell and the tides are always changing. You know, my, my, uh, my son's a big surfer involved in surf culture, and, and you can actually head out to the water, surf the same spot, and it's totally different day by day. The, the, the tide may be higher, the swell might be different, the wind might have changed things, and so, what you did yesterday to catch the waves, the place that you were catching the waves might be totally different than today, which will be totally different than next week. You know, it was not too long ago that, um, not too far from here, those 25-foot swells coming in here, and pro surfers were flying in from around the world, and if you were to go out two days ago, it was totally flat, there was nothing here. So things are constantly changing, and I think um, it's an analogy for business today that we need to not just assume that, hey, here's our program, or here's what we do, and this is what we're doing. We need to more so than ever before, sense and respond. So understand what's happening, take note of the landscape, and then respond because the place where the wave, the place where the break is different just about every day. I, you know, I think that's really interesting because we talk a lot about the velocity of change, which I think is true, right? Yeah. The, the pace yeah. of change yeah. is dramatically different than it was just 10 years ago. Without a doubt. But I think what the, the analogy that you just raised is really interesting because it's not just that things are moving faster. Mm. It's coming from all different directions. Right. I was out sailing the other day and we had what's called a cross swell, right? This swell coming from two different directions mm. and it just completely threw you off. Right. And I think that's a large, it's a great analogy for what's yeah. going on with yeah. our business leaders and our IT leaders today. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much change coming from so many directions, they don't know what to do, right? Yeah. So how do you play that forward as you see this evolving? How, should, how can people respond to that? So I think, um, if I look at IT, which is what we're talking about now, without a doubt, the role of IT and IT management, IT leadership is changing pretty dramatically. You know, the, the availability of technology capabilities to everybody um, is sort of leaving the IT leader going, well, what do I do now? What value do I add? And I think if we change the construct and remove the title and remove the hat and look at this to say, well, what's actually happening here? And how do I actually provide value here? Here it comes in, into your selling you know, piece. Then I, begin, then I think we begin to actually understand um, where, where we can create new value and understand that whatever you're doing, whatever your role is today, and I could look across industries, I could look across um, titles, that three years from now, that'll be you know, archaic, it'll be obsolete, right? So you gotta constantly learn. In fact, I was just having lunch with a friend of mine who's a big land broker, and he said he was on the phone with some of his friends up in Silicon Valley and how just things are moving so fast and that the amount of automation that's being used in that business is actually consuming a lot of the jobs on the lower end of the totem pole and it's forcing people to learn more. And so I think, sure, that's true for IT. I think there's an argument that's saying that's happening in marketing and that's happening you know, in the blue collar jobs and it's happening all over the place. And what it's, it is opening up new jobs, but what it's forcing us all to do, regardless of your role, is to constantly learn and get out ahead of the curve because the path of technology um, is constantly churning forward. So we've all got to race ahead and understand, well, if technology is now taking care of this part of my job, 
what can I do to get out in front, use my critical thinking skills, use my creativity to actually invent something new and create value to the new ecosystem. So in some of your recent writing, you've been writing about the, uh, the, the we're being assaulted by exponential change, yeah. I think is how you wrote it. Mm. And, and I think that the question is, as IT leaders, as and, and not just CIOs, I think I view IT leaders as running up and down the sure. organization. How are they responding to that, or how should they be responding to this exponential change and this assault of it? I mean, yeah. I think that it's it's a that is the big challenge in front of yeah. IT leaders as individuals yeah. of just dealing with this onslaught. Yeah. yeah so very simply, I, I mean, um, and it's not a simple answer. But the way that I would articulate that is, you know, traditionally IT has been, um, they've been responsible for understanding what the business is trying to accomplish and then saying, hey, here's how we can power that with information technology. I think the shift is now that the business leaders, first of all, have a lot of capabilities that they can access without IT. Um, the users are walking through there with, they're bringing their own devices that are arguably better than what IT is providing. And so all of a sudden IT leaders ask themselves, well, how do I support all this or how do I manage it? And I think a grab to say, no, we're going to try and hold on to control, I think those days are over. I think where the IT leader is well positioned, if you think about it and you flip the whole equation, not that they're being marginalized, but once those line of business leaders, and I deal with them every day, the CMOs and the VP of sales and CEOs, once they get into trying to consume these capabilities, these technology capabilities, they soon realize, like, man, there's a lot going on here that I don't understand. And they don't really want to. And they don't want to. And they, and they say, like, man, I don't really have the time or the to invest to understand how data comes together, how all these cloud services and APIs, how I can get them to connect, and all. all I need some help, right? And so some of them are turning and saying, hey, I'm gonna. I don't like my IT department. I'm gonna hire my own IT folks to come on board under me. Or, if an IT leader is well positioned, they can raise their hand and say, hey, guys, I can help because I know about all this stuff. And if they were to invest in understanding what's possible from a business perspective and put on their strategy hat, and if they don't have it, invest in learning that side of it, now they can get out ahead of that business leader and say, guys, here's what's possible. Let me invite you into this conversation because it's an exciting new world, and guess what, it's my world because I'm the IT leader. Which brings us back to why I think some of these companies are viewing you as an IT strategist, mm -hmm. or at least treating you that way. And, and I think it speaks to a certain extent of, of maybe a little bit of prescriptive advice here, mm -hmm. and you can tell me if you agree with it or not, and, and if so, what, how would you would respond to it? But I think to a certain extent they're looking at you as a IT strategist because you're coming from the outside. You have mm -hmm. you don't have that inside view right. of this is how IT is always run. This yeah. is how we always do it. You've come at it from this perspective of the customer experience and from how do you drive sales and marketing and all yeah. the things that drive business value, right? Yeah. And so that's the perspective. And so I think at least in my estimation, part of yeah. the lesson that you would bring. Yeah to us as IT professionals is that we need to start acting a little bit more like that outsider. Yeah. I mean, does that make sense to you? And yeah. how, so how do we do that? Um, so I think as it, as it relates to me, you know, I think what I'm able to do is hopefully connect dots from domains that are um, seemingly disparate or disconnected. And you know, a couple times during this conversation, I've thought of Google. Um, as, we're, as we're talking about IT strategists and if we're talking about you know, marketing leaders and sales leaders, um, what is Google? Right. I mean, what is their business? And the, the quick answer is IT is search engine. But the reality is, is you know what? They they've got all kinds of stuff going on. They've got driverless cars, and they've got balloons up in the air, and they're they're doing cancer research, and they're doing all these different things. And so I think um, to answer your question, uh, 
you need to reframe the way that you're looking at things. You need to drop the boundaries and, and constantly reframe because as things are moving so fast, you need to understand, hey, how does this relate to what this, this constituency is trying to get done, right? Very tangibly, my CEO certainly has an agenda. How can I help his agenda? My organization has a certain agenda. How can I help his agenda? Um, our industry has an agenda, right? And I know that all these different people have an agenda. So those that will be most successful, I believe, are the ones that are able to understand what each of those folks are trying to accomplish, take the capabilities that exist in the marketplace and begin to construct new value propositions, say, guys, here's what we can do. And whether that person has IT manager or CIO or VP of sales under their title, I don't think it matters. And I think that will matter more. That will matter less and less. It's all about identifying the needs and bringing the best of what you have to offer. If maybe I'd, I'd probably have to force you into it, but if I were to somehow force you that tomorrow you're going to start a job as a mid-level IT executive, yeah. what's the first thing you would do? If you were now, your career was IT, you were an, you were an IT person yeah. just like me, what's the first thing you would do on the job? Um, I would go to... Um, I would go to my executives, uh, the folks that I report to. I'd go to my peers. I'd go to the folks beneath me, and I'd try and get an understanding of who those people were. Um, I'd try to get an understanding of what they were trying to get accomplished and what they were, what they were, uh, what they're trying to get done. And I would immediately spend more time with line of business leaders. Right? I would, I would get to know the marketing folks and sales folks and customer service folks, and I'd try and understand what they're trying to accomplish. Certainly, I would keep my head down and. When I got hired, I'd have a certain amount of things on my checklist. I would make sure that those... Oh, don't be politically correct. The, no, right no, no, no. I, I mean, those would absolutely be done with excellence because that would buy me an audience of credibility, right? But at the same time, I would be looking to innovate and to bring new ideas and to bring new value to all of those other constituents. And I would actually be looking to bring them together. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I think, um, I, I think roles are becoming more transient, uh, more project-based. I think we'll see a fragmentation of lots of different um, work roles or titles, right? Hybrid roles. The full-time and contractor, I think there'll be a continuum of different mixes. Of Which makes it pretty work. confusing if I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. I mean, it, it almost yeah. sounds like there isn't a corporate ladder. Yeah. Look, I mean, from my perspective, screw the corporate ladder um, because you have unlimited opportunity out there. You have, we, we are at a time where things are changing so fast that a guy like Perez Hilton, one guy, can all of a sudden be more influential than major media companies that have been around for 40 years. So not everybody's going to be able to do that. It takes a special talent. But there's, there's a continuum of folks that can live on that, on, that, on that cycle. But it is a lot harder. You've got to continually reinvent. You've got to continually reconsider. You've got to put all of these pieces together. And guess what? What you did yesterday it's going to be obsolete in a very short amount of time. I think so it it's probably the hardest message for most IT people to yeah. hear is that as we go down this road to this future, it's a future that I think you and I both believe is inevitable. It's yeah. happening right now yeah. in front of us. It's not an easy future, no. right? There, there's yeah. no skating. There's no coasting. There's no just doing yeah. your job and yeah. doing okay. Yeah. It, it's going to take that kind of energy. Yeah. So let's, um, let's wrap this up here. What is the one piece of advice that every IT professional leader who's watching this episode should take from you today? So in addition to some of the things we've already talked about, um, I think it's incredibly important right now for IT to get out of IT. Um, shed your IT clothes. You've already got it. It's, it's within you. you. You know the capabilities that you have. But try to understand um, what your business is trying to accomplish. Try and actually understand your marketplace. 
And I think if you can understand what's happening in the market, if you can understand the capabilities and the goals of your leaders, um, and bring the best that you have already innately with technology, and you can use that technology to begin to construct answers to some of the problems that they're trying to solve, um, I think you're positioning yourself really, really well to um, add a whole lot of value to your organization and, and, and beyond. I think it's great advice. I think that, that everyone who's watching the show can learn a lot from what you've just showed, shared with us. So, Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Charles. Wasn't that an interesting perspective from outside of IT? I believe that Brian's message for us is both hopeful and a cautionary tale. We need to be prepared to adapt as our future unfolds. If I can sum up his message, it is that we must shed the artificial wrappings of our roles, our titles, and even our identity as IT people. He believes that in the next few years, those titles and roles will become insignificant. But at the same time, this represents a huge opportunity for IT leaders. In his opinion, as an IT leader, you are in the best position to bring people and teams together during this time of upheaval. You just need to be willing to shed your IT clothes to do it. I think that the advice is spot on, but it can also be confusing. How do you act as this technology and IT leader, but shed your IT clothes? What does that really mean, and what does it look like? And so that's your challenge. How can you rid yourself of your IT clothes, step out and act more like an outsider, and yet still manage to position yourself as the go-to technology expert? If you've joined us live, I'd like to invite you to take our morning action challenge. Watch the hashtag ITChat for the link, and pick the morning action you're going to take tomorrow. Also, make sure you check out the resources that both the Intel IT Center and we at the IT Transformation Institute have made available for you as you navigate your future. You can check them out at www.intel.com slash itcenter and on our website at www.transformingit.org. Finally, as a loyal viewer of the Transform IT Show, don't forget to take advantage of the special offer from Intel to get a copy of my book, The Quantum Age of IT, Why Everything You Know About IT Is About to Change, for 50% off. And if you're one of the first to register for the next show, you might get your copy for free. So another episode of the Transform IT Show is in the books. Thanks for joining me, and make sure you join me two weeks from now for the final episode in this first season of the show. I'm Charles Zarajo, and together we can change the world of IT.